Sexy Skulls from VH1's Rock of Love. And this is Talk of Love, the new podcast. This isn't just reality, this is real life. Hey everyone, it's Lacey motherfucking Skulls, and this is Talk of Love, episode 52. So I'm really excited about my guest today. We're gonna have Kelsey from Rock of Love Bus here in a few minutes. I wanna let you guys know that I finally got to see the um, documentary about Britney Spears, the uh, Freeing Britney Spears documentary. Um, I I gotta say, I am a fan of Britney Spears, even though I grew up listening to like the hard rock music, industrial music, that sort of thing. That was really, you know, what I was into. But I've always loved pop music. And if there was a really good um, pop music star that had great songs and a, a great look, you know, I'm I'm always into that. And I always loved Britney Spears. I thought she was adorable. I thought she had really great, catchy songs. And even from the very beginning, I I got what she was trying to do. And I admired her for the fact that she was a part of like the whole, you know, um, Mickey Mouse Club and, and that whole thing. And then her trying to break out of that and become uh, a, an empowered sexual performer. I thought that was really cool. I thought she did it fantastically, you know, with um, the uh, Hit Me Baby One More Time. I mean, her her look, she was just, she perfectly owned her sexuality. I didn't think she was, I didn't think she overdid it. I didn't think that she was slutty. I thought that she was confident and I thought she did it just right. And that is what made me pay attention to her. That plus, you know, she had great, great songs. Those were really super catchy songs. So, you know, of course I, I watched sort of the decline of, of Britney Spears, if you want to call it that, you know, the whole head shaving incident. And, um, and you know, I, I never really paid that much attention to Hollywood drama. Um, I, you know, it was like shoved in all of our faces via these, you know, celebrity gossip magazines and, and TV shows. But I, I really didn't think anything that she did was like super crazy. I mean, it was crazy for Britney Spears, but it wasn't crazy in the grand scheme of like what we've all seen like extreme crazy people do, you know? So um, I didn't really, I, like, I didn't think she would like had turned into a bad person. I just went like, oh, she's going through some shit in her life. And unfortunately for her, we're just all the audience to it, you know? So, I mean, but it's, we've all been there. And, um, you know, I'm like, I'm like, if you're going after paparazzi, you're going after a car with your umbrella and shaving your head, like hell in my house, that's just a Tuesday night, you know? <laughs> so watching that documentary, I watched it with my husband and we both had the same feelings, which was, it made us really, really sad. You know, she grew up in Louisiana. I grew up in Texas. And the one thing I can say about Southern people, the, the, the nice Southern people is that whole, humble way of being that Southern charm, Southern hospitality, that is definitely real in the South. And Brittany had that, you know, she always had a smile on her face in spite of how big of a pop star she became. I felt like she was always humble. Um, she had a really great, great personality and was sweet. She was just a sweet person. And we watched as that just got like sucked out of her. And it was, it was very sad. And the one thing that, um, you guys know about me, I've always been very, very open about my own personal sexuality. And the reason I do that is because there's still in the year 2021 is that stigma against women who they, if they are sexualizing themselves or owning their sexuality or, or have slept with, you know, a larger number of people, it, it, it is a stigma and, and people look down upon you for that. So I'm really open about it 
about my sexuality. I'm putting myself out there because I would like to see that stigma go away for women. That who you sleep with, how many people you sleep with, that should have nothing to do with who you are as a person. Are you nice to people? Do you treat people well? Are you um, are you good in your career? Are you a hard worker? You know, do you have integrity? These are the things that we should be judging people on, not what they do in the bedroom behind closed doors. That's why I'm a big advocate for the LGBTQ community because they get fucked with because of what they do behind closed doors. Like who fucking cares? That has nothing to do with anybody's value as a human being. So I purposely put myself out there, throw myself on the sword to go like, it's okay if you're a woman and you're a sexual being, it's totally okay. And if people are going to judge you for it, then like, fuck them, you know? And um, so- I know also like women are pretty bad about that. I was really disheartened by, um, was it Diane Diane Sawyer that did the interview where she was kind of slut shaming Britney? And it's like, like Diane, you're, a, you're an adult woman who probably has 20 years on Britney Spears. And she was just doing, you know, we should as women be empowering other women and uplifting other women. And Diane Sawyer was doing the opposite of that, you know? And um, I know a lot of times some women get insecure about other women who they know have slept with more people or or something like that because they feel like, well, women have limited opportunities. We don't have the same number of opportunities that that men have for the most part. So they so women get this like competitiveness. They they feel like they're in competition with each other. And I think that women think, well, if I personally am am more reserved and I don't want to sleep with a bunch of people, that's not that's not me. But if she sleeps with a bunch of people, she's going to get advantages. And it's unfair to me because just because I don't sleep with a lot of people doesn't mean I shouldn't get advantages. I think that's like the threat that women feel uh, towards each other. And I'll tell you this from my personal experience. Now, it's a little different for me because I, I've been in rock and roll my whole life, which is um, a lot looser standards than, say, like corporate America. But I will tell you this. When I was age 18 to age 27, almost nine years, I was with one guy and that was my boyfriend at the time named Chris, who I'm actually still friends with. And, um, but he, he was my guitar player for my first band, Nocturne. And so the whole time I was with him, which was basically my entire adult life, I was with one guy. And, um, and so when we were touring, I was doing a lot of business interactions with guys in the scene. It was predominantly guys, you know, whether it was the record label or the um, the club owners or promoters or the booking agent or whatever. I was always dealing with men and everybody knew that I was with my guitar player, that we were in a monogamous long-term relationship. So I was treated, you know, um, accordingly. But I'll tell you, when Chris and I broke up when I was 27 years old, and then I was newly single and I was going crazy. And that's when I was very promiscuous. But Chris was still my guitar player and we stayed in the band together and um, and I totally slept around. However, I will say, I really don't think people treated me any different. I mean, I know some of my guy friends were kind of surprised because they only knew me to be this like monogamous person. But, you know, I was still getting the exact same you know, opportunities. I was, everything was the same when I was with one guy or when I was super promiscuous because when I was, in my normal day-to-day life, I still conducted myself the same way. I was still a professional. And again, what I did behind closed doors didn't really matter. But because I was on the road, everybody's in, you know, in each other's business. But my point being, I didn't get extra opportunities when I was promiscuous versus when I was in a monogamous relationship. I had the same exact opportunities. So when women get insecure about each other, 
If you're more reserved and you don't want to sleep around, like that's totally okay too. But don't judge another woman because she is, because nothing will happen more for her or less for her because of what she does in the bedroom. If you are a woman that you you are professional, you are passionate about yourself, you're a confident person, you're nice to people, you're going to get the same advantages. And so we as women really got to like knock it off with that shit. Like whatever she does in the bedroom, it doesn't affect you or your life or the the chances that people are going to give you. So people got to knock that shit off. And so, and, and you know, men as well, like you got to treat women like you treat your guy friends. It's, it's the same, you know, um, one gender is not worse or better for their sexuality than the next gender, you know? So it really is nobody's business. And, um, you know, I think that with Britney Spears, it w- it sucked because everybody was in her business asking if she was a virgin, which also insinuates that if you're not a virgin, are you a bad person now? You know, so she had so much pressure on her with all of that. Um, but on top of that, you know, when she had her her kids taken away, I don't know what the, the backstory behind the scenes story was with that, but I know that they sort of held her kids over her head in regards to, um, it, I feel like she sort of got like duped into this uh, relationship with her dad where he was overseeing her whole entire life. You know, I think she thought, well, if I don't agree to this agreement of letting my dad take charge of everything and control everything, they might take my kids away. So I think she was just doing whatever she could out of desperation to to make sure her kids could stay in her life. And that is so unfair. And I'll also tell you this, as you guys know, I've always been very fascinated in psychology. So I remember reading a psychology report one time that was was talking about happiness, generally speaking. And the question was, what is it that makes human beings truly happy? Is it money? Is it finding your significant other, finding your soulmate? Is it having a family? Is it traveling? Like, what is it that makes people happy? And this study that I read, they studied all kinds of different uh, people in different cultures, in different regions of the world, in different religions, different um, you know continents. It, it didn't matter. It didn't matter who you are, where you are, how you were raised. There was one answer for everybody about what makes human beings happy. And the answer was having control of your own fate, having control of your own life, of your own destiny. That's what ultimately we're all looking for. And so if you look at it like that, the fact that Britney Spears wants out of this situation where her dad is in control of every single aspect of her life, she wants out of that. She she says that she, you can tell she's not happy. And based on what I read psychologically, she's gotta be fucking miserable. And I can also tell you this, I have experience with the California court system. Um, they are they are corrupt as hell. Um, I feel like they they like to go after people who have been on television or in music. And um, and I got targeted by them. I got fucked with. Fortunately for me, they didn't know who they were fucking with and everything worked out fine for me. But I will tell you, um, there's competitiveness within the um, California court system there as well. And all the lawyers and all the judges and all the prosecutors, they all know each other. They all personally know each other. And there's a lot of corruption there, which I'll get into at another time. But my point being, um, these judges that decided that Britney's too crazy to handle her own business business affairs, I think there is um, 
more to it. You know, I mean, if her dad had access to her money, you know, and this is just speculation. This is maybe conspiracy theory shit that I'm about to say right now. But if her dad had access to Britney's money, which we know was ridiculous amounts of money, you know, who fucking knows who he paid off? Again, just speculating, but it that is a theory, you know? Um, all I know is that Britney's crazy, Britney's meltdowns. I mean, yeah, sure, they were dramatic, but Think about all the crazy people that you've known in your life who have done more crazy shit than what Britney Spears has done. How is it that all of them aren't under, um, you know, aren't being sent to mental hospitals or aren't being like having other people come in like, well, you're too crazy. I'm gonna have to like take over your whole entire life, including your finances. You know, there's way more people, way more crazy than Britney Spears walking around fine. But I think that Britney was targeted specifically because of her money. I, I really think that's what it is all about. I'm really curious to to know what her mother um, makes of all this and why wasn't her mother involved in this whole process given the fact that her mother was so involved in Britney's life as she was growing up. It doesn't make sense to me why her mother didn't get brought into the decision-making process of Britney as an adult woman. So it makes me think like, well, they might've just done this quickly uh, behind closed doors. So maybe Britney Spears' mother didn't even know this was happening until it was too late. So who knows? But um, uh, I just got to say, I definitely feel sorry for Britney Spears. I totally get it now while, why everybody is backing her. Um, I wish her all the best. Um, I'm going to be paying attention now. I hope that she's able to to get out of the situation because I can imagine that she's probably pretty miserable and I definitely feel sorry for her. So um, that sucks. But, um, and you know, shame on the judges that are, that are, um, allowing her father to do this to her. Because I think that if Britney Spears was a man, I don't think they would be doing this. I think that has something to do with it as well. So anyway, that's my take on it. So um, uh, appreciate you guys tuning in once again. And I just want to say thank you for watching. If you haven't done so already, please hit the subscribe button and the thumbs up on the podcast. And uh, now, enough of that. I'm going to bring in my next guest who I am excited to talk to. I'm really looking forward to this interview. Please welcome from Rock of Love Bus, here is Kelsey. Hey, Kelsey, what's up? How are you? Oh my gosh, I'm so good. It's been what, 12 years? It's been forever. You look fantastic, by the way. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I don't look like the photo that you posted for your um, advertisements anymore. I thought anymore. it was cute. I thought it was a cute photo. I look like such a baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were. You were You're like yeah. in your early 20s, right? Yeah, so I was like the youngest person to go on there. Besides, me and Ashley were the same age, but I, I mean, she would, she, she would even call me her big sister. So I felt <laughs> like the youngest person on this show. Yeah, well, you look fantastic. And I will let everybody know who's watching right now, you and I have never really connected um, just because we were never in the same place at the same time. So you and I haven't really spoke. I think the last time I saw you was on the ice skating rink. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, honestly, ever since the show ended, I kind of like took a hiatus out of it. I mean, I really didn't get super into it. I mean, I did a couple appearances and um, a couple of uh, like talk shows like on the radio. Like, but other than that, I haven't really, um, you know, been into the whole experience. And so it's weird that it's like 12 years later and now I'm like having like fans come out and reach out to me and um, they're like, you need to go on Talk of Love Cast. I'm like, never heard of it, but great, let's do it. You know what I mean? And so it's been this kind of weird, like full circle um, coming around. So I'm, I'm just glad to be here. Yeah. So 
you know, as a fan of all of these shows, I I loved Rock of Love Bus. I thought it was just, you girls were so much fun and so funny. And I loved Ashley and Farah. And you were like definitely very much a part of that whole, you know, the Blantrage. You were part of that group. So um, yeah, it really, it bummed me out. And I'm sure it bummed everybody out when you kind of like just were laying low and, and you really were not putting yourself out there. Um, was that on purpose? Like, were you trying to avoid the spotlight after the show or were well, you just not I mean, feeling it? Honestly, like I didn't have the greatest ending. I think everyone saw the reunion. Um, it ended up being with me being in ICU for two weeks. You were there for two weeks? Los Angeles. Holy shit. So after the show, I mean, like it, I really, I just had a sour taste in my mouth and like, I don't know if you want to get into this right away or like, I know fans are asking about it, but just the way things ended really like impacted the, the fun aspect that I had with it because everything else about the show is amazing. Like I love filming. I love the people. I love the crew. I love the producers. And I just felt blindsided at the end. Yeah. And the negative feedback that I got after the reunion show um, was so hurtful because there was a lot. And this is back when there's no Instagram, there's no Facebook. This is back in MySpace times. You know what I mean? And like Twitter had just been introduced. And so um, even getting, I mean, it just really like, I just wanted to like hide in a rock and just like not be seen. You know, one thing that I have noticed that is really strange but interesting is, you know, ever since I started doing this podcast, uh, I have noticed that everybody has been either re-watching or watching for the first time Rock of Love and Rock of Love Season 2, Rock of Love Bus. You know, I know it's been on all kinds of different like streaming networks. So people really are kind of diving into these shows again and talking about it. And one thing that's interesting is when I first did Rock of Love back in 2007, after the show was over and after it aired, people were particularly cruel online. Like as you mentioned, MySpace, people were really, really mean on there to all of us girls. But then now people watching it for the first time, I'm not getting the same kind of backlash now than I'm not getting the same kind of trolling now. People are actually pretty cool and they seem to like get it that it's just a show. But back then people were pretty vicious. Yeah. I mean, you sent out the first promo for it um, on Instagram and there are a couple comments like, oh, she deserved what she got. Like, I hope Natasha beat that out of her. This yeah, and that. that's so, fucked up. And I I'm mean, sorry it, about I that. I still have to deal with stuff about that, but um, I'm in a different place now, I would say. Um, mm-hmm. Back then, it really affected me and it really um, affected my day to day. And now I'm able to kind of see things from the other side and how things really were. And I don't know if you want to get into that right now. Well, let's go, let's go in chronological order. Cause we have a lot to get into, but I will yeah. say, I personally am not a, I, I don't think violence is ever uh, the way to go. And so I, I'm so sorry that you were injured. And, and even if you had something to contribute to Natasha being upset, even if she was valid and being upset with you, nobody deserves to be put in the fucking hospital over words. That's just my own personal thing. So I'm, I'm, I, I'm sorry that you had that kind of anger sent to you. You did not deserve to be physically injured, you know? Um, but we will Thank get you. into that in a second. Yeah, of course. So let's start from the beginning. Tell us what, what was your life like before the shows? Like who, who was Kelsey before the shows, not on reality TV? And then how did you end up in your like regular normal life? How did you end up getting into reality TV? <laughs> so 
All right, we're just going to get super awkward here and do like most embarrassing stories. I love awkward. That's like my favorite. (laughs) So I was, I think I just turned 22. I was working at a bar as a waitress. And as a 22-year-old, what you like to do, you like to go out to bars and party. And um, there is a bar out in Utah that's really, that was really famous for sundowns, really. It was called Harrios. And we would frequent there all the time. And my friend's like, hey, they're, they're doing a hottest girl on MySpace contest. We should do it. Not, hell yeah, you should. So, no shame in that. So, what? I said no shame in that. Yeah, I mean, there's a little shame. So yeah, we did the contest. I ended up winning and didn't think anything about it. I just got like t-shirts and like free drinks or whatever. But then um, a couple weeks later, I got a message on my inbox on MySpace and it said, hey, um, we were doing a casting call for Rock of Love up at Harrios and we didn't find someone. And the owner mentioned you. Would you be interested in doing an interview? Um, to be on the show. So um, I said, sure, not sure what this is, but okay. So the next day they had me at some hotel doing an interview and two weeks later I was on the show. Wow. Was, um, yeah. That was quick. So I didn't really know what Rock of Love was. Um, didn't really know how to Google who Brett Michaels was, but that's so funny so you didn't know Brett Michaels you didn't know Every Rose Has a Thorn or any of that no I had heard that song obviously I think that's a staple in like anyone's music collection but um as for the show I kind of had to like look it up and see what it was about um I didn't really know anything because it was like okay you you got the job and you leave in two weeks so I'm 22. I don't know anything about reality TV other than the Kardashians. And I'm just like, I didn't know really what I was getting into. So, um, so you hadn't seen rock of love one or rock of love two. No. Oh, wow. Damn. They, you got thrown into the deep end. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I like the, I think the part about our season that was so great is because I watched the other two seasons, um, after, and they're so into Brett. And everything's all about Brett. And like, you could tell like every person there was like really wanting to be with Brett. And then you get to our season and it's just a bunch of party girls. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. It was just a different demographic. I think it went from these hardcore like rockers who were really in to like the whole scene and everything. And then you get to our season and it's like, you've got me and Farron, and Ashley and, um, I just, I think there was just a different vibe to it. Well, it makes sense, you know, like for me and some of the other girls, we grew up listening to Poison. You know, I was in um, middle school. So like I fully knew who this person was. I knew about the band. I knew the songs, the albums. I knew the scene. I knew the other bands that were popular at the same time. So it, it really does make a big difference. And, you know, I know that when I was in my early 20s, uh, I I would not have wanted to, I mean, if I had been in my early 20s, dating somebody like in their late 30s would have been weird to me, much less somebody like double my age. So I actually do get it. I've always like tried to stay within my own age, you know, as far as dating goes. So um, it makes sense that, yeah, that that would um, make things a little bit um, so that you don't have that connection. I totally get it. Yeah, I mean, if it was like dating like someone from Blink-182 or Eminem, right. I would have been like, 
all for it. Like, this is going to be my partner. This is who I'm going to get married to. But Brett Michaels, I just, I didn't have that, you know, but it was a chance to be on TV and you're 22 working at a bar. Like you're going to say no. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it's so funny because one of the things that was like the go-to insult is like, she's not here for Brett. She's just here to be on TV. Like, well, of course we're all here to be on TV. Like who would say no? I'm, I'm sure some people would, but the majority of us, if getting this opportunity, be like, that sounds like a lot of fun. And and for the most part, it was. Yeah. And I mean, and you're, I was at the point in my life where I'm like not looking to do anything career wise. I'm not looking to settle down and start a family. It's the perfect opportunity to just be like, okay, let's just go do a reality show. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's awesome. So had you been to Los Angeles before? No, I hadn't. Oh, wow. I haven't really traveled anywhere. But the thing is, is with the Rock and Love bus, we were sent to Kentucky. Because oh, we were following oh, okay. on a tour. Ah, I see. So the first part of my journey is they're like, hey, you're in Kentucky. And I had to sit in a hotel room for four days by myself. And they don't give you any information because they're waiting for all the cast members to get there. And everyone had different flights and different times. So I was in a hotel room and not a... I wouldn't say a great hotel room either. <laughs> yeah. We're not at the know, Just kind of twiddling my thumbs for four days until they told us what was going on. Yeah, it's crazy. So the first, the very first night, things got totally crazy on your season. And, you know, I wanted to talk to uh, Farah about all that, but she's like, I got to be completely honest with you. I don't really remember. I mean, it was a long time ago anyway, but then plus that much alcohol, it always affects one's memory. So what do you remember? Everybody wants to know, like, what the hell happened with the whole Gia and Nikki situation? Do you remember? I don't remember any of that. Okay, to be honest with you, the first night they were there, we were there, we were set up at some bar and we we're all just kind of chatting and we were waiting for Brett and he had a, he was going to play a concert. Okay. And I was just knocking back the drinks. Okay. Well, this might not have been the first night. This might've been the second or third night, but um, I just remember waking up on the bus, like, and everybody else is on stage at this concert. <laughs> so I just kind of like waddle on out there like just because I was completely just hammered. And so I like, um, but I mean, Gia, Nikki, I mean, Gia was there for such a short time that it was, I didn't get a chance to get to know her. I think if they had kept her on the show, she would have been really fun and entertaining, but she was cut pretty early. And I think everyone was pretty surprised by it. Yeah, I know. It was so funny that moment where there was like the, the infamous, like, vagina shot, I guess, the pussy shot. That was just, it was so funny watching that because, and the editing was just so perfectly done because you could tell some crazy shit was happening and the editors just like focus on everybody's expressions of shock. And so, you know, but I feel like it was hard to tell if they were just making it look like that's what actually happened or was that actually what happened, but they just couldn't show it. So I think like, I'm not, I don't think I saw it directly, but I think in the very first days, everybody's trying to get camera time and they were doing the most. And so I remember sitting on the floor and we were there all like, okay, so we're going to do cuts. And so if you get your name called, like you, you can come up. And then they did like the first revealing or whatever. Um, and they didn't call Gia's name and she had done the most and I don't know if it was sincere or not, but I know she would, you know, trying to get that camera time. And so 
because everyone was like, you know, you don't want to get cut first without ever being, you know, like getting a chance to even experience what we're doing. Um, but yeah, everyone like Farrah and Ashley, I swear, looked at each other like they were going to die. Like they like, you know, like, like Kelsey made it and she didn't like, <laughs> what the hell? Like, I was surprised I made it, you know? Yeah, that's, uh, it was so wild. I, I really wish there was somebody there who like had a clear, like, I wish I could talk to the editors, like what exactly happened? <laughs> None of us had clear memories of anything. They had liquor in every room of everywhere you went. I mean, you go to the restroom, there's a bottle of tequila on the back of the toilet. That's how liquored up they kept us. Wow. <laughs> That's crazy. That's insane. So one thing that I thought was really cute was the, the friendship between you and Farrah and Ashley they had a nickname for you, Skipper. How did you get yeah. that nickname? I think it was just, I was just like their little kid sister. I mean, me and Ashley were the same age, but they were well more experienced. Like they were the, so, I mean, when I first started, like I was very insecure. I'm such an introvert and it's very hard for me to speak out. So I think day four or five, I wanted to leave. And it wasn't until we had the skating challenge um, where they saw that I could skate really good. And so they're like, oh, we need her on our team. And after that, they kind of took me under their wing and we became actually really good friends and we just had a lot of fun together. But they were like, you know, my little stepmoms that like kept me into the, you know, um, from being, because it was, it's very isolating. You know, and the other people on the blue bus, I mean, they weren't very genuine and they're always like, come to our team, come to our team. But it was like, you just, you don't want me on your team. But Ashley and Farrah were actually really genuine. And we, I feel like out of the whole group, we were just focused on having a good time. And that's what we did. And I think that's what makes us so authentic is that we were just trying to have fun and have a good time where there were other people that were like worried about camera time and worried about how they looked and being poised and, you know, winning dates and that kind of stuff. Yeah. I totally relate to that because something similar happened on rock of love season one, where we were very much divided into two groups. And I think the editors, when you watch our season, we were divided into like the slutty girls and the bitchy girls. And of course, mm -hmm. I was one of the slutty girls. Um, <laughs> but i that's what I thought too. Like that was my whole thing. It was very much a rock and roll environment. And mm -hmm. with rock and roll comes like wild craziness, partying, drinking, all of that. And I felt like... um you know, it was me and Brandy C and Heather. And, and we were all just like, just as you said, just trying to have fun. And I was turned off by some of the other girls, like, you know, Magdalena, Mia, um, Jess, that whole group, because, and I called them the stick up the ass girls because I felt yeah. just as you said, they were, they were being like very kind of poised and that's the whole thing. But I felt like we kept getting a lot of judgment from them. So yeah. that really, it, it just felt like it was a, there was like a cattiness there. And on, on your season, I feel like, um, like Taya and Mindy and all, and that whole group, it was sort of the same thing as what I was dealing with. They were like the kind it, of It was like they were fighting with themselves to get camera time. And they're mad that me and Farrah and Ashley are getting camera time. And we're not actually even worried about them. We're just drunk, you know, spinning on tables <laughs> and just like doing random shit. You know what I mean? Like we weren't worried about them at all, but it, it made them so mad that we kept getting camera time, but we were just trying, we were just being ourselves. 
And most of the time, Brett wasn't there. Half of the, the, the shots that they, you know, showed, we were just, it was just, we were just, you know, taking shots and just doing whatever, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. but there is a definite, like, you could tell there are people that were there for an agenda and there who are just happy to have a good time. One thing that I thought was bizarre was one of the girls was caught speaking on the phone to, we're assuming her boyfriend, and she was talking mad shit about Brett. And um, that was Maria, is that right? I think it was, I guess. I think, you know what, hang on a second. I wrote it down because I was like, I, I want to get this right. It was, uh, da, da, da. shit, I thought I, I thought I had it written down. Well, whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, okay, so I, yeah, I think it was Maria, but just in case I'm wrong, the girl that was talking on the, the phone, do you remember that? Happening. I do remember that. Yeah. So Ashley and Farah found out about this. One of the other girls told them. And so, of course, they went straight to Brett and told him. And one thing that confused me is, at least on our season, most of the other girls have said this. Usually, the producers take away our cell phones and our laptops and all that. Did you guys have your cell phones? Oh, no. Like, we didn't have any phone. I mean, and that's what ended me up laying on a speed bump asking to <laughs> speak to my boyfriend because I was bawling my eyes out. No, they take your phone away right away. You have no communication to the outside world. And then um, even being on a bus, too, uh, I mean, you're, you're completely cut off. You have, you have no clue what's going on. Sometimes you don't even know what day it is. So you know? how, did, how did the girl get her cell phone then? I have no clue. That's so weird. The only thing I could think of is if one of the crew members let her borrow their phone. Yeah, that's so strange. Yeah, I, I, that was the next thing I was going to ask you because I know that the producers, for the most part, they do let things happen how they actually happen. But there's also other things where they definitely have some, some influence or if they want things to go a certain way, they'll kind of manipulate or encourage people to to do that. Did you get, did you feel there was a lot of producer manipulation? Were there things that happened that we as the viewers didn't necessarily see? I mean, absolutely. Um, I would say there is a lot of stuff that is manufactured. Most of the stuff in just in my season, I would say everything that had to do with Brett was very pretty much manufactured, mostly not scripted, but you, they had an agenda. Like you were going to do a contest I mean, even the skating challenge, they saw me skating around so well. And so all they beefed it up so that we wouldn't win. So it was almost a thing where like they could pick and choose who won challenges. So, um, but when we were just alone and it wasn't with Brett, there was no challenge going on. I mean, that's all free reign. Like that was all us. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. One thing that was funny is, um, I had so much fun. I was so happy that the producers asked me to be a part of it on the ice hockey challenge. So if you hadn't seen Rock of Love 1 and 2 yet, uh, and then when I came out, I actually just rewatched that episode recently and you had a really funny quote and you're like, you said something like, oh God, now I know we're in hell because the actual devil is here or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> it was so awesome. But like, so how did you, did any of the other girls tell you like, oh shit, you're going to watch out for Lacey. She's going to like annihilate us or, or what, what did you, how did you figure that out? I mean, so it was apparent that they had brought in like former people. And then there was a, like, I, there's a, there's a photo and it's just me and Farah and Ashley and Farah goes, oh, son of a biscuit eating bulldog. <laughs> I love it. That's amazing. <laughs> 
Oh shit, I lost yeah, you for a second. But, um, other than that though, um, yeah, I, I, I didn't have really any clue what was going on. But so you, sorry, go ahead. But you could just tell. So like they would, they took it really hard on us in the beginning and then they kind of let the other teams skate by. So it was like, all right, there's something going on. It's not just like, uh, you know, who wins best. But did, did they tell you, like, did the producers inform you about like the girls like myself that were brought in from the previous shows? Did they fill you in? Like, by the way, this is who this person is. Not that I can remember, but there's not a lot I can remember. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) Um, So do you know anything about the girl? I think it was Melissa. I was asking Farah about this as well. Melissa was just kind of randomly sent home in an ambulance because she was having some sort of medical issue. Do you know anything about that? I don't actually. Um, I would have to even, I don't even know what she looks like. It's, I mean, it's been, it's, it's hard because you're there. Like I was there for 30 days. And so the people that were kind of let go early on, you don't really build a connection with, and you don't really like, they don't stick in your mind throughout time. So, I mean, Really, the most most of the scenes and stuff that I remember is just me, Farrah, and Ashley. So, <laughs> but you don't remember them saying this girl had to leave in an ambulance. Uh uh-uh. uh Okay, that's all right. Uh, yeah, I know it was a really long time ago. Um, did you watch the show after it? Um, after it aired, did you watch it back? Yeah, so I watched it when it aired. Um, I. It, <laughs> Again, um, after like the reunion had already taped and everything, it's very hard for me to watch the show. Um, I, I didn't, um, God, I hate my voice and some of the things like I do. I'm like, oh my God, Kelsey, you're such an idiot. Like, why would you say that? Like, Kelsey, you look so drunk right now. Kelsey, what are you doing? So it's like, you want to be very like, um, just critical of yourself. That's normal. You know? Yeah. And just because it comes across like that to you doesn't mean that everybody, every, like I never thought anything about your voice. You said, I think you have a lovely speaking voice. Um, and and like nobody wants to watch themselves drunk back on TV. I can, I can attest to that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you get to be a 21 year old girl, but everything's videotaped. And guess what? It's going on in 50 different countries. I think one of the moments that made me laugh the most is I had a neighbor who went to prison and he came out and he's like, I watched your season. It was great. He's like, we love rock and love in prison. We'd watch that shit every weekend. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, at least somebody appreciates us. If if prisoners appreciate it, I'm okay with that. Everywhere you go, it's a small town. So everybody knows everybody. Everyone goes to the same spot. So, I mean, for five years, it was... I couldn't be introduced without being like, this is Kelsey from Rock of Love. Yeah. Like, well, this is just Kelsey. You kind of get this stigma that goes around with you, you know? And then I was just like, I kind of want to shape this, but I couldn't. Mm, yeah. It becomes like your last name. You're, you're Kelsey from Rock of Love. Kel- yeah. Kelsey <laughs> from Rock of Love. Yeah. That, yeah. that was my name for about four or five years. <laughs> so what is your take on, uh, on Britney's star? I, I did ask Farah and Ashley, so I know what their thoughts are, but do you share the same thoughts about Britney Starr as Ashley and Farah? Like, was she really legitimately that crazy? Britney Starr, is she the blonde one? Is she the other blonde one? She's the one that took everybody's socks. That what? Took everybody's socks. 
<laughs> that was just them. Like, I mean, you're on this, these buses together. You, I mean, not everything is, is gold TV material. So you take these random little things and you just, you turn it into something because you're just so bored. <laughs> I don't think she was crazy at all. I just think we got so bored because we are traveling so much. And when they didn't show us on TV, they had us in separate hotel rooms. So if we were on camera, we were being isolated. So on these long road trips and stuff, it's like, we got to do something. Like we can't play spades. Like no one wants to watch us play spades. So, but yeah, the, <laughs> the socks. And I think we went in on Taya because of her luggage. We found out like her real name and just how to deal with it. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing that's so strange about being on a show like this. In normal life, most of us do the best that we can to avoid drama, but on a show like this, we're almost sort of like looking for the drama because we know it is going to be a TV show and we want it to be a successful one. And also because it's a competition, we're looking for like any little thing to yeah. give us an advantage and to give the, the girl beside us the disadvantage. So you yeah. kind of do have I mean, to like blow things up. I can't tell you how many times like Mindy and Taylor would be like, we really want you to be on our side. I'm like, I don't get along with you. I don't want to be on your side. They're, you're just, you're just Farron Ashley's puppet. I'm like, that's fine by me. I'd rather be a puppet with people I like than hang out with you two. Like, <laughs> wow, I didn't know that that's what they were doing so often. Why do you think they were trying to do that? I just think they wanted numbers on their side. And I think they were really jealous of the screen time that Ashley and Farrah got. But you get a duo like Ashley and Farrah and they're reality TV gold. Yes. And you, you, and you can't match that, you know? And, um, you know, and the thing is, is my personality is so much like theirs that we genuinely just really got along. Um, but because of how dynamic they were, um, there were a lot of scenes that I was cut out of and stuff that they was just shown like a, in them, them too, which I totally get. And producers were like, you know, this just isn't your, your show to shine. Like this was, they were the stars and I'm totally, you know, and that's awesome because they deserved it and they are really funny, but I'm just, I, I couldn't see myself hanging out with Mindy and Tate you know, Taya, like that just wasn't my jam. Yeah. So if I have to be in the shadows of Ashley and Farah, like so be it. Like they're, they're hilarious. They made me laugh all day, every day. That's awesome. I totally get it. If I was on that season, I am 100% certain I would have been friends with you and Ashley and Farah. I know that for a <laughs> fact. And we would have had a great time together and I probably wouldn't have been friends with Taya and Minnie, because I'm like, they remind me of the sorority girls at the college that I went to. So I get it. I totally get it. I mean, it's just like with everyone else, it was like there was an agenda and it was just, it just felt like we were just having a good time by the end of it. I mean, the, the last day when I walked up with, they're carrying me up the freaking stairs to elimination. Like I look back at that moment. I was just like, it's perfect. Like if I could go out any way, like that's how I want to go out, Aww, you know, that with me, my friends. That's awesome. I, I remember reading an interview with some, so I, can't, it was, I can't remember who did the interview, but somewhere, somebody did an interview with you a while ago and you had mentioned Britannia. What were your feelings on her? Um, I didn't have any feelings on her actually. And I, and she said this herself and I've heard her say this in interviews. She goes, why didn't I talk? She goes, I was so quiet. I didn't have a personality on the show. 
Um, but if I was to say anything about her, I liked her more than I disliked her, but I didn't have a personal connection with her. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I thought she was really quiet too. And it's funny because now she is doing really, really well online. And she, I guess she has an OnlyFans and she does all kinds of crazy wild sexual stuff, which like more power to her. I I wouldn't personally do that stuff, but uh, there's no judgment there. I think she's doing fantastic for herself. Um, But I'm like, how is it that a girl that was so quiet on this television show has the balls to do all this crazy wild sexual stuff? You know, I, I would never would have guessed that would be the direction she would have gone. You know, I mean, I think people just, they didn't get their voice on the show. They didn't, you didn't get to be able to show your true character or like, um, like how dynamic you were on the show because it very was much like characterized and they wanted a certain thing. They wanted to shoot a certain thing and they wanted to show a certain thing. And a lot of us just didn't have what they were looking for. You know what I mean? Um, so a lot of people got more screen time um, than others, but she's very sweet. Um, and I'm glad she's killing it now. I mean, I, I literally turned on the TV probably three weeks ago and it was on Botched and she showed up and she was on there. I was like, what? Good for Tanya. Yeah, like, totally. That's oh, what I say. They're talking power. about her butt, like, not like um, shaking as much. And she was like, I just want to shake more. And they're like, this is not a good idea. we can't can't perform this but I mean good for her like I love empowering women I love seeing women do good in this world and just fucking rock it and kick ass like that's my jam nice I love that did you hear when you were out there do you remember hearing from the producers about the car accident that happened where one of the crew members from production ended up getting in the head-on collision so what do you remember from that Um, I remember that we, and I could be wrong, but I think we were in a hotel for two days because of it. Like we stopped filming. Um, and, but again, I mean, we don't have our phones, we have no communication. And so we're only being told what producers tell us. Mm -hmm. So, um, I just remember like we had to halt production for a couple of days, I think. And then that was about it. God, that was terrible. Did they tell you what had happened? No, no, nothing's told to you when you're when you're there. I mean, they keep everything hush hush. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's crazy. So they're just like, we're taking a couple of days off, and then we'll resume. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. They probably didn't want anybody to be like upset or freaked out. I would imagine. Yeah. Okay, so let's get into the final episode of of you, and it's really funny because I my my two cents is that. I know that Big John came up to you girls and they were like, hey, this is Brett's show. You girls are going to be like representing the the Brett Michaels camp. So be on your best behavior. By the way, here's a whole bunch of alcohol, (laughs) you know, which kind of puts you in an unfair situation because of course they're going to be like on the one hand behave, but on the other hand, here's all the liquor. (laughs) So, I mean, if you remember, we have been losing every single challenge, all of them. um, And so- um, we had finally won our first challenge. It was the infamous pool dive scene yes. that I did that won <laughs> us the challenge um, to get us to go to the uh, theme park. Yes. Um, I think that's where Sarah said I looked like Brett was kissing or I looked like I was kissing my dad. <laughs> yes, I remember that. Yeah. I mean, that was the only time I spent with him. Like, I never won a date. I never got time with him. So that was the only time I'd ever spent with him and it was a pretty 
awkward to watch back. It was just like, ew, girl, no. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was a, it's a big age gap. Like I totally get having a hard time connecting with somebody. And especially if it was somebody that you, as I said earlier, didn't know anything about, didn't know his career or who he was, you know, so that makes sense that that would be strange. So, so and then you kind of- time though, it's our first win. We are celebrating hardcore before we even know about this concert that's going on. We're taking shots in the bus. We're making outfits. Like, I don't, I can't remember what crazy outfit I had on, but someone um, wore it for Halloween one year and sent me a picture. But yeah, we were just, I mean, we were going crazy. We were just taking shot after shot after shot. And then I just remember getting to the club when they're just like, John's like, you're supposed to be the representative. And we're like, three sheets to the win at this point. Like, you, you couldn't get us to compose ourselves. So, yeah. Me and Farah, we just, I don't know how it started, but we just started wrestling on the floor. And it was really funny. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. And then John takes us back to scold us. And, you know, that's bad. So he takes us to the bus so that we can calm down. And I don't know why, but Farah like calms down and she's like, okay, I'm good. And she like goes back in. But I just got angry and I just remember just like throwing stuff off the table and I was super upset and the more I thought about it the more upset I was and the more I was just like I don't want to be here I don't want to be here I don't know why I'm here like I'm obviously like I just had this terrible date like it's it's this isn't what I thought it was gonna be and so I was (laughs) I just thought I'd escape and so I left a bus and I ran and there was like a fence and I think I tried to climb a fence and Big John, who's so cute, he comes and grabs me, pulls me off the fence, like, Kel, come on, you can't do this. Um, me and him were pretty close at that point. And I was just like, no. And I just like ran and I like fell and laid on the speed bump. But um, I wanted to talk to my boyfriend at the time because I was dating someone. I was going to ask you. Yeah, I thought you said that earlier. So you did have a boyfriend while this was happening? Yeah, so I didn't when I did the interview or anything and I didn't think anything of it. And I just started dating this guy and it was like a week into the relationship and he like gave me an ultimatum, like either be on this show or I'm done. I'm like, I'm on the show. <laughs> but um, yeah, and I hadn't talked to him. Um, but had you guys broken up or he was like, did, did he hear you say I'm going on the show anyway and just go like, whatever, I guess I, I accept it or had you broken up? I mean, up? yeah. And I was able to call him and talk to him through the hotel phones, um, when we were in hotels, um, being isolated, but, uh, yeah, I hadn't talked to him in a really long time. And I was like, I want to talk to him. I want to talk to him. They're like, no, no, no. And that's why I was like freaking out and like crying on the speed bump. And, um, they finally let me talk to him <laughs> and he goes, F you. I hate you. Click. Oh man. Wow. Yeah. Well, he wasn't a good guy. It's totally fine. But I was like, that was just, I was like, Whoa! that just added to more. everything. Well, you know, I understand getting so upset in the moment being like being that drunk. Um, mm-hmm. I would imagine when, Big John scolded you. I mean, you essentially like got in trouble. So yeah. I would imagine, you know, they're going like, here's alcohol. 
and then you're getting drunk and you're having fun and, and you're not like fighting with anybody. In fact, you're, you're doing the opposite. You're wrestling around with Farah, having a good time and then you get in trouble for it. And so I, I would imagine, do you think that you probably, in your drunken mindset, do you think that you probably were like a little bit embarrassed or a little bit caught off guard or you thought it was um, unfair? I think I was just done. I think everyone's been to that point where it's like, go to bed, like hit the couch. Like you, you can't do anymore. But I hit that point, but it was on a speed bump. So it's like, I can't really sleep there. So what happened though, is I was like, I'm quitting the show. I'm done. Like I want to be done. So I actually asked to be off the show and they're like, well, we can't just leave. And um, they're like, so they actually drove me around in a van for like an hour. Oh, wow. I was like, I need a Red Bull. And this is what one of the producers told me afterwards, which is super embarrassing. <laughs> Might as well share it though. So we went to a Chevron and I go in and there's no cameras. There's nothing. And the place is packed. There's like probably 10 people in there. And I'm going in with my arms like this for no autographs. No autographs. Like people who knew the fuck I was. <laughs> but they finally, they drove me around and they kind of got me sober enough. And they're like, here's your two options. I was like, well, I want to leave. Like, I don't want to continue with the show. And they're like, okay, well, you can either, we can do that and you can leave right now, or you can go save face and, you know, see everybody and kind of have it be like an elimination. And so I chose the elimination. So that's when you see me, Farron, and Ashley, and they're carrying me up because this is done at that point. And I knew I was, I was going home, you know, and, and I don't know if I would have made it any longer. I mean, that might've been my time, but it might, I could have made it a little bit I longer, feel like, but I just- I feel like you could have. I feel like you could have made it a little bit longer. Cause I gotta say when the time that you spent with Brett, I think you guys had just done like the bumper cars, I believe, or maybe it was the Ferris wheel. I think we were on a roller coaster. Oh, oh that's what it was. Right. Yeah. And I remember you and him were, were sitting together at one point and I actually thought it was cool how direct and how real you were with Brett. And you were like, you know, look, if, if I'm going to get into a relationship with somebody, the first thing that I'm going to be focusing on is the physical attraction. And, and I, don't, I didn't get that you were saying that was the most important thing. I got that you were saying that's the first thing, which you're right. You know, we only get to a place of wanting to get to know somebody romantically. If we see them, we're like, oh, that person's hot. I want to talk to them. So I thought you were yeah. very like direct about it. And Brett's been like very open about, you know, obviously physicality is, is mm-hmm. important to him as well. So I actually thought the way you were talking to him and explaining that, and I felt like he was kind of getting it. Like I felt there was, maybe not something romantic there, but I didn't think it was just like two totally opposite people. I thought in that little moment, you were both kind of getting each other. I I thought. I thought like if we had, if I had won any more challenges or any more dates, um, maybe there could have been a connection, but I literally, and like, I'll say this, I probably spent the least amount of time with him. And it was really that one day. And it was this condensed version of like me sitting with him for about five, 10 minutes. And, and that was about it. I mean, we had a lot of other cool experiences, like getting to see him like perform on stage. That was awesome. And getting to see him serenade all of us, like in his trailer, that's cool. But as of one-on-one time, I just didn't have that. Like some of the other girls, like Ashley did. I think Ashley was in his room every night. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Good for her. <laughs> that's, how yeah. you get, that's how you get it done. Yeah. That makes, that totally makes sense to me. I do feel like had you 
stayed past that night, I think that you could have, um, I think you could have gone farther. But um, uh, when you were being eliminated, I I felt like when I, I watched it, I felt like you were, in the moment you were upset. And, and it does, and I can say this from personal experience, it, it does bruise your ego when you're getting you know, rejected when you're getting kicked off the show, when you're getting sent home. It is, it is kind of an ego bruise. And uh, I felt like at first you looked like you were going to be upset, but then you kind of changed into this laughter. And I felt like in your head, you might've been going like, I'm just going to laugh because I don't want to cry right now. Is that, you, you tell me what was going on in your head. Yeah, yeah. I think that was it. I think my final comment when I was walking out is, well, the next guy I'm going to date, so I'm going to be 45 years old. Like, I think that's how I ended things. But I think that was a very honest answer at that time because there is such that disconnect when you've got someone who's traveled the world and, and is who he is. And you're just this young person, like becoming like who you are. You're in your twenties. Like you don't know who you are yet. You haven't established yourself. So you've got one big personality and then one that's just not even there. So, I mean, none of like, in no way could we have ever been together. Like that's not a, that's not a thing, but, um, could have a friendship been formed? Absolutely. I mean, actually me and John became friends. And, oh, that's awesome. John's uh, great. Yeah, John is a very sweet spirit. Um, he, he has a really good heart. And when I was in the hospital, he actually, um, he followed up a lot with me and uh, not oh. only a lot of conversations with me, but with my mom. And um, that's awesome. He's uh, such a good guy. So he, he genuinely cared. And you could see that he cared when he was talking to you when you guys were sitting on the speed bump. <laughs> yeah. You could tell that he was genuinely concerned and he wanted you to like come back and know like stay in here but um but I, I I love hearing that he reached out to you that's really cool yeah we stayed in touch for a while um he's just such a genuine spirit and I, I think that's why I love this show so much is because a lot of the people there they're so nice and so genuine and they love their jobs and they want to be there and You know what I mean? Whether it's sneaking a bottle of champagne in before you have to do an interview or, you know what I mean? Like getting your favorite food, stuff like that. Like the whole crew and cast, like we were all just in this together. We didn't know what it was, but it ended up just being this like almost iconic thing that people still talk about to this day. I agree with you. And I thought the the crew and the producers, I thought they were all awesome and fun people. Um, I did notice, um, I, I do remember when you were, when you were leaving the house, I remember you turned around and you kind of did like the like loser or, or I don't know if you're doing loser or if you're doing lame, but you kind of did one of these at, at Brett. Were you genuinely, was that directed at him or was it directed at everybody or how, how come you did that? I don't know. It was probably directed at Farron and Ashley, just like lame. We would always do that the to lame. each other. Lame. That was so funny. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, you're so lame. Like, so that, was, that was kind of a fair thing, I think, Yeah, she started. That makes sense. Well, let's get into the reunion show because that was absolutely crazy. And the first time that Farrah did the interview with me on Talk of Love, she sort of she sort of let it be known that like, uh, when you were going back and forth with Natasha, she said that it was kind of her and Ashley, but also the producers that were sort of like egging you on because you always, you didn't, you weren't really like a, a shit starter 
previous to that. Like I, I, it did seem to come out of left field. I thought I didn't realize I didn't, it didn't look like you had any beef with Natasha from my perspective. So it did seem random, but Farrah kind of went like, you know, that wasn't really Kelsey. We, it wasn't really fair. We kind of pushed that on her to, to do that. And we didn't expect that Natasha would have that strong of a reaction. Yeah, so I'll just put it out there. So I got to California to do the reunion show. One of the producers came in. They're like, okay, we're going to sit you here. We don't really have anything for you to do. And I said, okay, so I just flew all the way here just to be in the background. Like, um, I'm, you know, kind of wish I had something to do with the show. Like, you're going to have someone belly dance that wasn't even on the show for a couple episodes. But, like, I mean, I pretty had some significant moments. And he's like, well, let me get back to you. And so a couple hours later, I'm getting ready and he comes in and he goes, okay, so Natasha's going to have this part where she's going to speak. And he goes, I want you to start talking, you know, saying about her porn, saying like, hey, you know, you had to do a porno to show that you're a woman. And I was like, well, okay, I didn't know anything. So um, I get out there and I'm thinking that she's been made aware of this. Like I've been made aware of this kind of like a scripted scene, which we've done multiple times. And so when I said that and she stood up, I just went like ghost face, like what is going on? And then I just remember just her coming at me and then I woke up in, in Big John's arms. Oh my um, God. So you were knocked out completely. Out, absolutely out. I was out for a couple minutes. Um, Damn. I fell six feet and fractured my skull from here to here all the way through. Oh my God. Wow. Um, I was in the hospital for two weeks. I see you for one. Oh my God. That um, is- it was a very serious injury. Um, the doctor said if I get one more blow of the head, it could kill me. Holy shit. It was shit. a very serious thing, which I, I mean, it still cripples my life. I still think about it. And which is why I feel I've never um, done many interviews or talked about it or things like that. Because, you know, you get online and it's like, you hear all these people, oh, you should have died. Or I hope she hurt you. Or oh, I hope, right. hope she smacked some uh, sense into you, stuff like that. But um, I'm under a contract. I've got a contract to stick. I can't say anything. Oh my God. You know, you've yeah. seen the contract. Oh yeah. Crazy. I can't tell my side. Wow. But, that um, sucks. So basically the producers fed you this ammunition of which to use against Natasha. And then you couldn't go come out and say, actually, I, I, I wouldn't have, because basically what you're telling me is had the producers or had the other girls not encouraged you to say this, what you're telling me is you would not have said that, which I I believe you because you didn't talk like that or say things like that prior to. And I think, you know, poor Natasha, I think she was just so fed up because she did get attacked quite a bit by the other girls. And I think she was just so fed up. And for whatever reason, um, that was just the camel that broke the straw. The, that was the, the straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah, And she and just took it out on you. It, it was my job to do it according to the producers because I never had any beef with her at all. Never. She was on the same bus with me the whole time. I, I mean, I don't think I had direct conflict with, with really anyone unless it was playful drama that, you know, we were, me, Farron Astor were just being stupid about. I think the worst we got was, you know, Taya with her real name or whatever, but I never had anything to do with Natasha, but producers were like, if you want to get on air, this is what you need to do. Wow. So being so young and not knowing what the re- repercussions could be and not knowing that this poor girl, 
had no idea I was even going to say this, which, wow. which is sad and which is why I've never spoken out about it is because I'm not going to speak out about someone that uh, I, I might have done the same thing if someone were to attack my character. You know what I mean? Yeah. God, that sucks. So you were in the hospital for two weeks. You had a fractured skull halfway across your head. Did you have, um, did you have physical issues and problems even after getting out of the hospital? Did you have like headaches or what? How did that yeah, impact so you? Yeah, so I had migraines. And then like when I was in the hospital, like a, like uh, blood pulled in the back of my head and they had to drain it. Um, about two months after my surgery, I had a seizure. Oh. Um, nothing. I mean, it obviously could be a lot worse. I have a lot of anxiety and PTSD. Um, I had a speech impediment for a while where um, I, 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 I couldn't just get the words out. It took me a really long time. So I felt really self-conscious about that. But um, other than that, falling six feet onto your head and that's all you get is, is, you know, I'm, I'm lucky to just where I'm at. Oh my God. I am so sorry. That is awful. So did, did you, um, contemplate any kind of legal action either against the, the production company or against Natasha? Was anybody talking about, uh, charges Um, or, or anything? What was the fallout as far as like the legality of it? I mean, so the second they learned that I was seriously injured, they got her out of there. To be honest, I don't even know her last name. Um, but to go after her, um, uh, I, I did speak with a lawyer. You've seen the contracts. You ain't get, I mean, they, they cover everything. They're, they're this thick, you know, when you, when you sign on to the show, yeah. um, they did give me, they paid for all of my medical bills, which were very extensive. Oh, the production uh, paid for your medical bills. That's yeah, good. I was going to ask yeah. you that. So I'm under, sure it's yeah, not under cheap. contracts, they pay for all of the medical bills, which I mean, I would have been, I mean, that would have bankrupted me at that time. Oh yeah. Know? Did the producers reach out to you when you were in the hospital or did they check in on you? Um, John did. Oh. Um, he checked in a lot. Brett did once. Um, oh, I was did? in contact with uh, Lisa mm-hmm. for a while. Lisa, one of the producers, um, and that's that was formerly Mark Cronin's wife, just in case anybody is wondering who Lisa is. Um, so she reached out to you and just asked you how you're doing. Yeah. That's yeah, good. Yeah, but That's uh, good. most of the contact I had was with John. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah, John's so awesome. I can't wait to, I'm gonna call him when we hang up and be like, we talked about you. <laughs> you totally should. And yeah. tell him I say hi and I, I miss him. I certainly, certainly will. Um, so did you ever, so, so nobody considered pressing charges against Natasha? No, I mean, it was never, it, it never really uh, crossed my mind to press charges against her. If anything, it was a split second about the company, but then they're like, hey, do you want to go on charm school? Yeah, I was going to ask you that. So, did, so you did get offered charm school. Did you get offered I Love Money or just charm school? So I, I did get offered um, charm school and I actually went out to LA and I did um, film like a, um, film like their first, you know, you know, scenes kind of like the get to know you or whatever. And I didn't end up getting picked and they were just like, Hey, this is just not the right show for you. Because one of the first questions they asked me was like, what makes you a bad girl? And I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) I just didn't have, I just, I just didn't have the qualities they were looking for, um, for a show like that. And then, um, I did get offered, I love money five, um, I had contracts out for that. And then the whole 
Ryan thing happened. Yeah, yeah. so that didn't happen. Man, I would have loved yeah. to have seen you on Charm School. And that's a bummer that maybe you weren't good at being put on the spot, like come up with a crazy zany answer <laughs> to our question right here and now. But I feel like you that could have worked for you. So, I mean, God, if they put Jessica Kinney, I, I love Jessica Kinney, but she's like such like a, a prim and proper, well-speaking, articulate, beautiful woman naturally. Like she doesn't need Charm School. So it's strange to me that they wouldn't have just, had you, but um, but holy shit, man! I I am so sorry that everything that you had to deal with with the um reunion show, and and I would imagine so you'd ever talk to Natasha after that. No, I haven't. I haven't spoken to her, and I mean, it took me a long time just to get the the grudge off my back. Oh, you I'm know? sure. You're and, probably really you know, angry. And for a while, I was mad at her. I was mad at production. I thought they were stringing me along with these other shows, but then taking them away from me, you know, just to like, so I wouldn't like sue them or something. So, I mean, and then anywhere you go, it was like, oh, that's just Kelsey from Rock of Love. And I was just mm. like, oh, it was just this this thing I wanted to escape. And I couldn't. I am so and, sorry, God. I mean, because yeah, you you were so, I thought you were really fun to watch. and And even up until all the crazy drama, I didn't think it necessarily made you look bad. It didn't negate all of the, like the charm that you had shown us earlier. Um, but it does, I can imagine from your perspective, it's got to suck that like, that was the note that you went out on, you know, first the, yeah. the crazy drunken and night that, and then that. that. Hadn't happen, I mean, I would have been seeing Rock of Love's praises and the whole show because it was such a great experience, but um, I don't feel, I don't feel any anger towards Natasha. And in fact, I feel sorry that she had to go through the experience that she did. And the fact that a producer would ask me to say something about her doing a porno like that is just the, the fact that that people will go that far to get ratings on reality TV makes me kind of disgusted because I mean they do yeah you it's, know it's a think about the personal you know reactions and and the things that are going to affect them these people for the rest of their lives you yeah know? I mean nobody wants to be humiliated on national television. I would imagine that's where Natasha was coming from. In fact, I have been, I really do want to interview Natasha as well, but I just, I haven't been able to find her online or anywhere. I think she disappeared kind of similar how you disappeared. So I can only imagine what what she went through. Um, but unfortunately, Kelsey, I, I'm so sorry, but I got to wrap this up. Um, you're so much fun to talk to, but just real quick, can you give everybody like just a real brief rundown. I mean, you have, I know that you're married, you have a beautiful house. And um, do you want to give a quick rundown on where you're at in life now? And if anybody wants to find you on social media, or would you be open to people finding you? Or are you still looking to just kind of lay low? Yeah, I mean, I've definitely laid low. I mean, if you want to see me and my fiance and my dog waffles on Instagram, you can follow me at Kelsey Lee Bateman. Um, also, I mean, I'm in sales. I have a rental property. I'm starting an Amazon business. I don't know. I'm kind of doing a lot of things, but um, definitely no reality TV in my future. But <laughs> thanks for having me on. I like. I really enjoyed this process and getting to talk to you and all of the fans that have reached out. I mean, it's been such a great experience, and it's been the only reason why I wanted to, you know, actually do this podcast is just to reconnect with these people. Absolutely. I'm so glad you got to clear the air and and tell your side of what happened on the reunion show because I know people give you a hard time and um Ooh. and I knew that there was more to the story just based on what Farah had said to me. But um I'm really I'm I'm sorry you had those experiences, but I I loved watching you on Rock of Love Bus for for what it's worth and I'm really happy that you're doing 
well now and that you're happy in life. And by the way, your dog is adorable. I love dogs. And I saw your dog on Instagram. <laughs> she is the cutest dog. <laughs> I love Thank that. You. So, well, good deal. Well, take care of yourself, Kelsey. Let's definitely um, stay in touch. And because um, I, I know you still you still stay in touch with Ashley and Farrah, right? Yeah, absolutely. We could all do a show together, you know, part two. Like, uh, let's let's. We Let's should do a reunion. Them. We should talk to them because I know, well, Farrah's on the East Coast, but Ashley is only a couple of hours away from Las Vegas, which is where I am. I know you're not super far away from Las Vegas, so. No, I'm close. I'm actually going to be there in like two and a half weeks, so. Oh, maybe we can yeah. get Farrah and Ashley out here. We'll have to reach out to them. <laughs> right? <laughs> well, good my, deal. Yeah, my husband would love that. He's like, let's spend your, our reunion, or our, uh, anniversary of your reunion. <laughs> well, good deal. Well, Kelsey, you're beautiful. I'm happy for you. Thank you so much for coming on and, and hopefully I'll talk to you again soon. Yeah, sounds good. Have a good night. Bye, Kelsey. Bye. That was awesome. I, I love Kelsey so much. She looks fantastic and I'm, I'm really, really happy for her that she's doing well now. So anyway, um, thanks again, you guys, for watching. I really appreciate the love and the support that you've shown me. Uh, if you haven't done so already, make sure to hit the subscribe button on the YouTube channel. And also, uh, I want to give a shout out to all of the contributors. Thank you so much to you guys as well. You guys are the ones who make this podcast happen. If you are interested in becoming a contributor or if you're interested in maybe one of my reaction videos, I'm doing reaction videos for Rock of Love Season 1. I've done Flavor of Love Season 1. I've done Charm School with Sharon Osbourne. Uh, I'm, I'm doing all the shows. So if you want to watch them along with me, make sure to check that out. All you have to do is go to my website, which is talkoflove.net and click either the contribute button or you can click on reaction videos and, and order one of those um, for yourself. So anyway, thanks again, you guys. Take care of yourself. Be safe. I'll see you next Monday. And until then, don't threaten me with a good time. <laughs> Bye, guys.